sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? Griff here. Another week, another episode, another day in your life, another night where you have to go to sleep and you know, all things willing, you'll, I guess, maybe hopefully wake up in the morning. Um, and in the morning, some morning, this morning, our podcast will be there. And you'll look out and say, boy, I woke up for this. I could have just, you know, slept forever and ever. Uh, but here's, here's the Beer Engine podcast back in my phone again. Okay, well, I guess we'll get on with it. And uh, it's Griff again, talking to you uh, from wherever I am. Uh, actually, it's Las Vegas, Nevada. And here in Las Vegas, I actually, uh, you know, Tony, I got a piece of mail this week, and um, it was for you. So I just want to uh, congratulate you on your uh, acceptance into the membership of the Oath Keepers group. Well, and, um, you know, I, I got it, and I thought, boy, um, are they inviting me because, uh, you know, I am famously, uh, you know, I'm kind of an oath keeper myself. Of course. I mean, I keep the sacred oath between, uh, from my, my wedding vows with my wife <laughs> and it turns out they're doing something different. Um, why don't you tell me a little bit about what you just got yourself into? Well, it should be known that Stuart Rhodes is the, um, one of the founders of the Oath Keeper is really good buds with Alex Jones. So to be so close to royalty, American royalty, is just amazing. Uh-huh. Um, we're often yeah. misunderstood as a white supremacist group. Um, we're really not. We're very different. Our goals are the same, but we don't say it out <laughs> loud. That's why we keep the oath. That's the oath we keep. We don't say the yeah. quiet part, part out loud. Well, we don't say it in public. We say it very loud at our private meetings, and that's how we roll. That's cool. And you're white, I see, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I'm white. I've got right, a beard. Yeah. Um, I'm, <laughs> and you're bald. I'm bald. You walk with a very odd gait, which I think is going to fit you even in, fit you in even better with these a- folks. Absolutely. It's not a marching gait like many of the Oath Keepers have. I, I do fear that this is a group with a lot of people with undiagnosed um, issues of one description or another. <laughs> and then the the other sort of 60% of them are yeah. just assholes. So this is my fear. I, I Look, I, I stand the goals. I'm, I'm a big fan of, of what they're trying to achieve, but I do worry about the individuals. You see, if I was going to um, have my pick, like when you put in a college, um, sure. college admission thing, you, you apply mm-hmm. to several different secretive groups. I applied to the Oath Keepers. I applied to okay, the Stone so you're, you're, you're You're applying to these like you're going to Stanford. Okay, I got Harvard. It's risky business. You got Harvard, you got Stanford, and then you got you know your backup school, the University of Illinois, of course. Uh, and this, um, this wasn't like my backup. This is like Harvard-Yale thing. But I okay. really wanted because... You know, I'm, I'm still a larger guy. I'm not as large as I once was, but I was really hoping to be admitted into the, the Boogaloo Boys. 
because they've got cool <laughs> Hawaiian shirts, they've got similar goals. That that was that uh-huh. that was my number one spot. Didn't quite make it for whatever reason, or they haven't Jeez. gotten back to me with a letter. And the letter will be arriving at your place someday soon. I hope it's not a yeah. rejection letter, but yeah. Oh uh, no. Do you think the Boogaloo Boys meet at the Margaritaville Casino? Does the Margaritaville Casino even still exist? I don't know. Well, Did you remember that, Tony? That the Flamingo had a casino, whole casino dedicated to the Jimmy Buffett shit? Well, it, it wasn't so much a casino. It was like three tables and a huge yeah. restaurant of, of Margaritaville. Oh, right, yeah. And Jimmy Buffett. Dude, that was so good. <laughs> By the way. They had that fucking land shark lager, dude. Oh, God, that shit's so nasty. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't yeah, be making I, Groove's Lager of the Week then, land shark? Uh, land shark is not on the list this week, although if I stumble into one, maybe it will. Um, well, Tony, that's that's some big news. Um, speaking of people with odd gates, it did remind me. Uh, been a big, interesting week in the in the world of downtown Las Vegas for me personally, not because anything really interesting happened. But um, uh, one thing I do want to mention is, and we've talked about this on the podcast, is I am, you know, kind of, uh, it, it's, it's starting to appear that I'm in some sort of mind share with famous podcaster, The Amazing Rando. I live a mere two blocks from a place where he lived, uh, the Siegel Suites across from the Peter Pan Motel at, at uh, 14th and Fremont. Uh, and, uh, you know, just this week I went to go drop off my rental car. It's kind of just like I'm doing stuff in the same place that he was, <laughs> only better. Yeah. So I was, I'm living right by there, but I live in my own apartment. It's not a Seagull Suites. I drop off a rental car right next to the bus station where he assumedly got let off from wherever the hell he lives in Texas. And I look out the parking garage of the Golden Nugget where I'm dropping my rental car off or picking it up and see that bus station. And the uh, the big news was that bus station has closed. The, oh, no. As I will now call it, the Amazing Rando bus station, which I have, I can't come up with anything better to call it. It's in the plaza pretty much. It's like connected to the plaza hotel. Yeah. Um, is has been closed. And Greyhound buses will now drop off at a terminal on the South Strip. Um, this is some bullshit. I guess the people on the South Strip will now get the transients that arrive here on the Greyhound yep. bus. Um, I, I, there is a seagull down there. I know that. There's one at um, when you leave the rental car joint. Uh, there's one right, right there by the rental car joint, which is not far from 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 there. But um, you would have to huff it through a whole lot of dark, empty uh, street, Vegas Boulevard, to get to the to the, um, you know, temp motels and stuff. So it's, you know, it's a shame that we're not going to have those, those rooms filled up here, but, yeah. uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, that's a sad day. I, I can't believe it. it. It truly is. I'm, I couldn't pick a more perfect spot for the Greyhound bus station in Las Vegas, right near the plaza there, because <laughs> you know what downtown is like. And that is like, oh, yeah. that is the bookmark end of downtown where, it's like hotel, hotel, and then nothing. And yep. the Greyhound yep. station was a perfect part of that. And for it to be moving or to for that to be shutting down is just a tragedy because it was sort of that perfect um, sort of merging of poverty and opulence. It's not over the top like you see on the strip, but it's also people arriving 
into Vegas, giving them false hope, but not f- false hope that they'll actually achieve something, that they can even achieve mediocrity. Um, so for them to be pushed down the strip, it could, um, could create some, some problems going forward. We could have Donald Trump. I think this, the closing of this store, I think it gives Trump a good opportunity at winning Nevada in 2024. Yeah, well, uh, that would that would require people to, uh, uh, and I just saw you crossing your fingers um, and and praying to Jesus while you said that. But uh, um, I do think it would give. Um, I think this is going to be weird. I, I don't know where it is. The only stuff down there is the I, I, you know the Mandalay, which and then there's a big space that's longer than you think till you get to Town Square. So I'm kind of curious to figure out where where they're dropping people now. Yeah, yeah, I would say, Tony, the only difference now is that actually the big empty space that was next to that Greyhound station has sh- has shrunk because now if you continue down Main Street there, you end up at the uh, at the at the Arts District for only a few blocks away. So wow. I wonder I do wonder if gentrification struck the Greyhound bus station. I'm sure um, it has. Be- I'd be surprised. Because but it, it might be it. Because the Arts District um was certainly growing when I was there, but it was an abrupt end sort of four, four or five blocks away yeah. from from that Greyhound yeah. station. And right next to that Greyhound station, there was a rent-by-the-hour motel. Um, and I, I don't know the name of it. It wasn't a chain like the Seagull Suites. Um, but, yeah, you, you sort of would pass it from time to time. And, yeah, it was an amazing, hey, amazing place. Kind of the like the of um, hotel yeah. in that Netflix documentary that I'm I'm yet oh, to yeah. watch. Soul or whatever. The two of, hey, the two of us need to borrow a, a room hourly in a, in a motel. We, we might be. We're me and you are getting in there and saying, I only need twenty minutes. I ain't paying that whole rate. <laughs> uh, you can just, just you need to you know literally slide me in there for twenty minutes. I think I'm going to be that's going to be more than enough for me. You know uh, that is a real thing on YouTube. The guy that started the whole abandoned malls trend, Dan Bell, he goes to the shittiest motels in America and, and hires them for an evening. Often he doesn't stay there for more than a couple of hours and they take a blue light can, in yeah. and oh, it's an, it's an amazing series. One of them actually like refused nasty. to rent to him overnight. It was a $36 motel, their overnight rate in Detroit. And they refused. Wow, that's more expensive than the Rio is here, for God's sake. You can get in the Rio for 20 bucks, and the Rio's nice-ish. But this was pre-COVID. Like, the Rio is cheap, but the Rio is not that cheap normally. The Rio is normally like 60 bucks midweek. Yeah, 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 that's fair. Another uh, piece of Vegas, downtown Vegas uh, uh, highlights, I wouldn't call this news, is um, I've been learning a lot more about the sort of the infrastructure of downtown Vegas. Uh, being that I live here and just sort of the day to day here. So me and Kelly kind of walk, walk around down there pretty much every day. One thing I noticed, speaking of weird gates, uh, <laughs> everyone who is down here walks funny. It's like everybody's doing a ministry of silly walks bit. It's very odd. That's um, why I you fit in down right there. In. Yeah, um, I do. Right. That's One why it's fella, my favorite place. I don't, I don't know why he was doing this and I'm not sure if anyone will recognize what I'm talking about. And most importantly, I'm not sure you will, but um, if you've ever seen the episode of Sim- of the Simpsons, the second part of where they shoot Mr. Burns. 
Uh, yeah, of Mr. Course. Burns gets shot, and, and uh, they got the big sun blocker there, right? And uh, the guys show up to Homer, and they say, hey, we're going to go take down the uh, sun blocker thing. And he goes, I've had it up to here with these damn rickets. And then he sort of like waddles <laughs> over with his legs spread apart. I remember there was that. a guy walking exactly like that yesterday. And I could, and I feel bad for making, I kind of feel bad for making fun of the guy. Because no, I'm don't. sure he had something going on with him. Yep. Um, bad hips more he than was likely. Just, like squatted down, sort of shuffling left to right, like, he was ch- kind of like he was chafing really, really bad or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, um, in that part of Vegas. Which I'm sure he was, but I'm not sure that's why he was doing it either. So uh, that was really weird. The uh, And there's just a handful of other people who you get stuck walking behind when you're walking around down there. And they're just, they shuffle or they like have an odd drag to their step. Uh, no. It's very odd drag to yeah. their step. Who would, who, who, who would ever do that? It's dude. It's nothing like even you though. It's so bizarre. It's like a it's like a swag walk from the like a strut from the nineties. It's totally weird. Um, the other thing I noticed uh, something I wasn't familiar with uh, before I, I lived here was um, the I had never noticed the guys with speakers in their shopping carts. Have you seen? Had you ever seen that? Only in downtown Vegas, and I don't mean like um, the under the canopy, because you all know I spent a lot of time at the um, Gold Spike and the El Cortez. Sure, um, yep. I walk so, past it every single day. Yeah, so around that area, you do see people with their carts, which was a thing that that happened in Melbourne when the the homeless were protesting for more housing, like they were protesting yeah. in the city. We have so the you shopping saw, cart guys. Yeah. Yeah, so you see the shopping cart guys, but I'd never seen the speaker thing, and I only ever thought that was a movie thing. But no, you go to Vegas, and yeah, you do see it. I just wonder whether they're they're. I don't know whether it was ever a thing in Chicago, but it certainly was in Melbourne, where stores that used to have sales used to have guys on microphones, and they would yell out the the sales, like whether it was a handbag store or it was. Um, sure. A clothing store that just yeah, doesn't that exist sense. anymore. I just wonder whether these people are now out of a job and that that was their former line of employment. Yeah, so these speaker guys they have the uh, I would say like a 2000s type, early 2000s type, like amp, like a big giant old school amp, and they're pushing around in an old shopping cart. And uh, so whatever, I would just write this off. They're playing like loud. I mean, they're either playing their own mixtape or they're playing like a CD they made or some shit. But, um, today I just saw, I was walking, we were walking past the, I don't know what the name of the place is. It was the, it was just, it's just a motel sign that I think Tony Shea or his group erected next to his parking lot. And, Rest uh, in pace. In the, yeah, exactly. And, uh, right. Uh, oh, Okay, so then on one side of it, it must have, and a lot of these big signs have that. They have like an outdoor outlet. I don't know why they have an outlet in them, but they do. My man was charging his big-ass speaker. I had never seen him like, damn, that's right. The guy probably does have to charge it. Where would he charge it? At this big-ass sign. So he's just sitting there chilling like in his tattered rags, and he's got his um, speaker charging. Um, See, I I, I thought wonderful. you were about to say that's where he was plugged in, pumping his, his um, man 
he's homemade or home crafted um, mixtape. Oh yeah, but it's just no, tuned. no, yeah, it's wireless. He that, was just plugged in. He had the music playing. I'm not sure it was coming out of that speaker. I probably was, <laughs> but yeah, he was getting some juice at the some free juice across from Atomic Liquors at the uh, whatever the Llamas Motel sign or whatever. And I was like, all right, dude, that's cool. And see, you just never knew how these, how, hey, I never thought about how does that guy keep his speaker charged, you know? So now I, I know he's chilling out there doing it. Yeah, I would have thought he would have gone into McDonald's or somewhere like that, bought himself a coffee, sat there for like a good four to six hours and charged <laughs> his speaker. But apparently not, doesn't even need to go in somewhere, doesn't need to spend that precious couple of dollars um, yeah. on, to... to to charge his speaker, he can just plug into the the mains outlets on these signs. I wonder whether that was their actual purpose to give um, to give the guys. Hey, somebody's got to play the music downtown, right? Absolutely. If you're walking past the Gold Spike and it gets a little quiet, you need someone to come hit some tunes. I heard someone play one of these mixtapes the other day, and it was one of the most vulgar things I've ever seen. I know it's not a mixtape; it's like a homemade some homemade music. And I I'm fine with you know whatever we say fucking shit and talk about titties and ass all the time who cares but yep. this was some like <laughs> hardcore <laughs> shit i mean you're you're getting into like <laughs> anal leakage right deep deep throat and shit in the in in the middle of the of the verses and i'm like all right i mean just blasting it not out of the it, these are people in a car doing that I'm like are you just driving or what are you doing driving her and he's got a girl in the car i'm like all right whatever you're into I mean, it's fine <laughs> so downtown vegas has its share of uh has a share of characters um i'm glad I'm you enjoying it. characters it's been uh it's been an enjoyable hang nothing nothing uh, of course um it hasn't resulted in anything uh uh really out here where we live, but it's just kind of fun walking around and you sort of see this sort of mix of folks. Actually, one more thing I wanted to bring up was that there is, I mean, there is, um, there are a lot of, uh, just like there are everywhere in the U S cause this is essentially a third world country. There are a lot of unhoused people, um, living here. Uh, and that's horrible. And there's plenty of places for them to go. There's a million empty rooms and a million empty apartments, uh, and a bunch of a hundred properties that Tony Shea's family is about to sell that don't have anybody <laughs> in them and, uh, anywhere in the world for these places, pe- folks to, that, that could have been made useful, uh, all kinds of unused structures here, old buildings, you know, God only knows. Right. And of course we know what the cops are doing. They're chasing people out from eating like the leftover frozen French fries from the Albertsons in the dumpster, uh, aiming their guns at them or whatever. So, um, so it sucks, but um, I will point out that uh, it's just fucked up too because especially down here, there's like outdoor dining and stuff. So I was go, I went and picked up coffee at my local shop down here, and uh, there's some people sitting outside and could not have been more than three foot away from them at eight thirty in the morning. Was just a, a poor, uh, you know, un- unhoused fellow who was sleeping on the floor, um, you know, a foot, you know, three foot away from people like drink, eating their breakfast sandwich. <laughs> and I was just like, Good Lord, what, what is, I, I would just have to like, okay, I have to leave. You know what? I'm just not going to, I am not going to sit at this table because 
I already feel bad, right? A. And B, what am I going to sit here and eat a sandwich in front of this guy? What are you doing? <laughs> you, you psychopath. Oh, I, didn't e- Go home. I didn't even think of that, to be honest. I was just thinking, like, he's not causing any trouble. I don't no, have it's a not the guy's fault. <laughs> yeah. It's the people sitting at the table. I hadn't ever thought of that, that, yeah. You're just sort of punishing this guy a second time. He's down on his luck. He's unhoused. (laughs) Go sit in your car, for God's sake. I don't know. Like, you got to come up with something better to do than that. What are you doing? I mean, listen, I'm not even asking you to give him a nickel or anything, you know? I mean, I I admittedly uh, always, I do hate doing this. I always have to tell, you know, the guy asked me, I don't ignore the guys who ask me for money. I always just say, like, I'm sorry, I don't have anything. And I, I fucking don't. I never carry cash. Me too. Um, so, but I at least try to like not ignore them entirely, right? If they're going to, if they're going to talk to me. But, oh, you see, um, I'm, I'm from years of dealing with where I was situated in Melbourne, not where I was living, but where I went to uni and things like that. You, you've reached a point where day in, day out, you're yep. being approached by the same people <laughs> and only, Maybe twenty percent of those were actually homeless. The rest were grifters to some extent, and so yep. and it and it sucks for those people that were genuinely homeless. But I just got to a point where, nah, it's just head down, ignore. And I get it. Yeah, and in Chicago, typically that is how I've been in the past for sure. It, and in Chicago, there, I, I'll admit there, it's it's more aggressive in Chicago. Here, the 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 um, you know people who, the. Are, are tend to be a little more um, docile, we'll say. Um, but uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. You just you can't eat your you can't eat your bacon and sausage and egg sandwich and drink your pour over <laughs> three foot from the guy. Don't do that. Well, you can um, if you're not thinking. If you're me, because I just didn't even yeah, think I mean, about I it. I don't know. I, I guess I just I I don't know. I um maybe I could. I don't know. Maybe I'm a, maybe I'm a maybe I'm judging these, these folks and it's not fair, you know, but it's just, it was just so bizarre to sit there. I was just waiting for the guy to bring me my, um, curbside order or whatever. I'm like, All right, I gotta go. Um, just crazy stuff. All right. That's enough downtown Vegas updates, uh, of, um, people who probably have things much worse than me. And I'm, I admittedly probably making fun of them, which is a dickhead thing to do. So cool. Nice job by me. Um, Hey, our Discord channel. I always like to talk about the stuff going on in our Discord channel on the show. Had some new folks come on in recently, which was awesome. Welcome. Uh, come chill out with us. Look at our pictures of beer. Uh, we did have some good ones this week, actually. Some some beer picks I was pretty excited about. Um, our friend uh, W. Tood's Nut. Uh Took a pic of his Mr. Shaky Tangerine from a brewery in Chicago called Maplewood. That's shit's good, I bet. I want to try that. Have you been to that um, brewery? I, put a, I have. It's an awesome brewery. Um, and they, they're in like an old tavern, like an old, like 50s, 60s tavern. Um, and they have good food too. It's it's very cool hangout. Um, I put a pickup of a stunning beer. I admittedly, it's not a great picture of it. I'm not good at taking pictures. You can actually kind of see my gross torso in the glass, but, um, uh, it was from craft house here in Vegas. It was a dragon fruit milkshake IPA. I wanted to ask you about that. Brilliantly pinkish red. I loved it. Yeah. Um, dragon fruit, the world's most disappointing fruit. I would. Yeah, not, sweet. 
Yeah. And so it was better in beer than it was in person, kind of like the reverse of strawberries. Would you go that far as to say? Because we all it's know... It's better in fruit than it is in person, but it's not that much better. I don't think the dragon fruit made a huge impact on the beer. It was just kind of a nice milkshake IPA. Um, mostly tasted like sugar and vanilla, honestly, and and some hop bite. Um, not a not a style I typically love, but I thought this was a decent representation. Like a hair of tartness as it warmed up, I would say, like a like a glance of it. And they they got a nice texture on it for six percent because they actually they were trying to model a boba a boba tea. Are you, if you're familiar with those, Abs- the tapioca. <laughs> you want to come to Melbourne? I tell you what, it is like the bubble boba tea. Century. Yeah. yeah, we have, I think, four or five chains, and that's just the chain bubble tea places. Yeah. And then we've got the, the mum and pop um, ones that actually. actually have bubble tea. I will say one of my highlights of going to Melbourne is there's one bubble tea shop in particular, and I think they're owned by the same person, but they split their store in two. So one side mm-hmm. you've got... Um, it's like Korean chicken, but it's just the takeaway version. You can only get sure. chicken schnitzel. You can't get chicken on the bone. It's like a cutlet. Yeah. yeah, a cutlet, a ginormous cutlet that's the size sure. of a dinner plate. And then the other side of it is this, this bubble tea place. And you, you can order both together at the same time from separate counters. Oh, it's a, nice. good, it's a good combo. Well, I think they got the they got the texture nice on this. Um, part of it's because they put tapioca pearls in there, I think, um, which have their own thing. And I do think the dragon fruit lent that a little bit because the dragon fruit has a stickiness to it, you know, has that like kind of yeah. sappiness to it that I think translates to beer. It's sort of like adding okra to something a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's um, harsh. Because not, have... not quite as goop, not quite as goopy, <laughs> but it 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 does have that sort of nature to it so this had a nice texture for beer i liked it uh our friend Corey posted a nice pick of he's got a few of these cookie beers he's been drinking they got coconut what did i say i said 2021 would be the year of the cookie cookie you might be right um but i do oh this was from o'fallon samoa that uh, a model after a samoa cookie which is a good good girl scout cookie a lot of coconut on there so that was cool in the pastry bot channel um what else got thrown in here this I, week? I will say uh, he wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, he, he, yeah, he didn't like it as much as the forehand stuff, I don't believe. Um, we had some uh, – we also had uh, – oh, yeah, I had to thank – I had to congratulate Tony on the uh, official <laughs> Independence Day of Australia, Recognition Day, when the Simpsons episode came out, which was just a little bit later last week um, when the uh, Bart versus Australia – came out which was a obviously a classic and yep. uh we all love that and um it's a it's a miracle we haven't pulled any clips from that i don't know how we've, <laughs> how we've gotten this far without that happening <laughs> and the last thing i'll mention is that um i got my burial beer this week and made sure to post that up it's also on instagram if you guys want to see it but um i did get a big box full of packing peanuts and uh, bubble wrap, and I was pretty excited for it, and I'm actually drinking one of those beers right now, which is pretty dang good. Um, now, so. when you said packing peanuts, I knew there would be a few packing peanuts because, like, any package that has packing peanuts in them, there there is bucket loads of them. But your beers seem to be just, like, bathed in in this oh, yeah, it's covered in sea packing of packing peanuts. 
Um, I can't open the box inside. If I open the box inside, I'll be finding packing peanuts in here forever. All time. I don't open it inside at home in, in Chicago either. I open it in the garage. Here I don't have a garage, and it's also 70 degrees outside. So I step outside and I open it up. Now today, um, it was fine. You know, opened it up. They started doing this thing where they tape the beers together to kind of keep them from moving around. Yep. Yeah, but then you reach into the bubble wrap and in, and you're trying to unhinge the beers from each other, and the p- packy peanuts are flying all over. So you're dealing with just that. a disaster. What you need is a it. dedicated room just for packing peanuts. Yeah, I'm going to need more rooms in this place, I think. Um, and then I did take the box. So we we, we generally drive our recycling to um, the recycling center here at UNLV. This box does never never makes it because it's covered in tape, first of all. And it's full of these packing peanuts. I'm just not fucking with them. So this box goes to the dumpster. And um, so I get back to the dumpster. Dumpster is full. So I'm like, fuck, I'm going to have to dump these out and flatten the box. So I close the dumpster, get ready to lift, hoist the thing up, and empty the box. The wind kicks up for one second and packing <laughs> peanuts all over the back zone of the of the house. So then I'm picking up. I'm not going to leave these everywhere. They're not. They're not. I mean, they're already. It's already bad enough. I'm sending them to landfill. Putting them out in the earth is even worse. Um, so. I go, I'm like running around trying to pick up the little shits and then, uh, finally get them all in the dumpster and flatten the box and everything. Just a goddamn nightmare. But, um, now I'm drinking this West coast IPA and Tony, it was all worth it. So, uh, we're going to keep, we're going to do it again next week, Tony. It's all right. Uh, but goddamn what a, what a hurdle that was. So it's another burial shipment next week or is it Tavor next week or is it the, It'll be burial again. Tavor does not packing peanut does not packing peanut my beer, which is amazing. Um, is there need shocking. for packing peanuts these days? And I don't mean that because we mainly moved to cans, but I mean that from the quality of packing materials that I get. Yeah. You know those, those mailers that you can put around a yeah, bottle. Depends on what you're going to use. I mean, Tavor uses custom shippers. Um, burial uses a box with a crate, like a cardboard. <laughs> crate in it and tapes the beers together and covers them packing peanuts. Uh, I guess I'm fine with whatever works. I, I obviously it's the most important is that the beer gets to me safely. I will deal with the shit, but Tavor's got it down. I mean, they've got the shit down. Um, they've got those nice shippers. The shippers are like double plied all around. Yep. And, uh, they keep the boxes structure and they've all got their own little, you know, Compartment. zone. In the yep. Yep. Um, I've actually been reusing them to take beers to a bottle share. I, I put the compartments into a cooler bag that doesn't have the holes and then just shove them in there and I can stick the beers in there. But um, yeah, dude, the, the fucking, it'll be more burial next week. I think my Tavor shipment will be in two weeks probably. Cause um, uh, I don't, I don't want to time it out wrong here. Um, so we'll see. So you mentioned I'm out of light space here. <laughs> you mentioned that you went to a bottle share, so you were out in public interacting with other human beings around alcohol. That must have been yep. exciting because it's kind of like dicing with death. As much as many precautions as you can have. I don't believe like the Utah go- Jazz owner believes he's safer in the Utah Jazz arena than he is at the supermarket because they've got fans back. I don't believe that for a second, but 
I'm sure your risk was low, but there's also got to be a thrill there of getting out into the general public, sharing a couple of bottles. That's also got to add to the danger factor because you, you don't um, have, only have the Rona. You... I was not particularly concerned. Uh, we have a strict set of guardrails that we live by. So we did not, this was not a bottle share where I went into anyone's house. Um, I didn't go into anyone's house. We did it in the backyard. Um, I just sort of play by my own rules. I stay very far away from everybody. Uh, people bring it. We, we sort of, um, you know, the bottles just come around. I'm, I'm less, I'm much less worried about contact stuff than yeah. other people are. People love doing the sanitation theater where they're all sanitizing and shooting. Don't you, we don't need to do that anymore. We, we get it. You know, it's all yeah. about popping into each other's mouth and not wearing masks. So, uh, I've got my mask in when I go, go up there, I stay probably eight to 10 foot away from every eight to 10 feet away from everybody at all times. Um, and, uh, people are always like, Hey, you know, you can come inside and chill out. We're, we're chatting about this stuff. And it's like, no, I'm good. And, uh, just I'll hang out by myself. I don't give a shit. Um, but eventually people come outside because guess what's fucking nice here outside. Come outside, <laughs> you know? So we chilled out outside. Um, you know, it's been what, five, six days since then. I don't think anything dangerous, uh, occurred. I, well, I, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying I did anything dangerous. I think the other people maybe did a few dangerous things, but that's just <laughs> my personal opinion. Um, but maybe not, you know, I don't know. What, what, what do I know at this point? You know, I'm not going to judge everybody, I guess, but whatever. Um, I, uh, uh, we had a nice time, uh, had a lot of great bottles came out, uh, some bottle logic stuff. We had, uh, I brought the extra double benthic. Um, we had some, uh, good, um, good Horace stuff popped up, popped off uh, a couple good sours. Um, the fellow who runs the, uh, the local gas station that has 15 locations around here that has an insane beer selection was, was there, which was fun. Uh, he's a nice enough guy. Cool guy. Uh, we had a nice time. Um, and I achieved the impossible, th previously thought impossible. I got a little bit tipsy, Tony. It's amazing. Okay, so a little bit tipsy to me is you are a little louder than normal and you yep. might go for a packet of chips, as we would say in Australia. I think you in America also call them chips. You're not a crisp nation. That's about right. But once you get past a little bit tipsy, you start getting into full-blown Enjoyment no. phase. This is pre no. pre drunk. I always think there's there's sort of that phase in between that's where you you really are annoying to anybody that's sober. But no, you're not admitted there. Hang on, phone's ringing. I've got this on mute, but I don't know why I've got it on mute. I'll have to edit it out regardless. Um. So I always think there's a step above tipsy that's not annoying and it's not completely hammered, and that's fast food drunk or fast food phase. Did you reach that fast food nirvana, like where White Castle tastes good, where yep. um, what other good chains are there? Well, not good chains, but like drinking chains. There In Australia, it would be a Chico Roll drunk. That That's sort of the perfect amount of drunkness or yeah. a Dim Sim drunk where you just – hankering for those things. I think that's about right. Um, I wasn't drunk enough to lose any sort of inhibition. I don't think, um, at least not enough to, to 
that I could recall. I wasn't drunk enough to not remember anything. And, um, I was mostly just drunk enough that I, uh, was also, which probably means I wasn't that drunk, which means I was able to piece together that maybe I shouldn't drive my car. So, um, (laughs) that probably means you're not that drunk. It just, you're sort of like, okay, maybe you're able to reason with yourself enough still. So, um, Kelly took the, Kelly took the wheel, uh, was able to navigate us through. Of course you were right. Tony was able to navigate us through the Del Taco drive through, um, where I've had many failures and, uh, we can call, we can chalk this one up to potentially another failure. Although I was pretty happy with what I ended up with, but, um, I'm going to pose a question to you. How do you succeed with the Del Del Taco menu? Because I'm on their website, and you would expect the website to have the most straightforward layout of of what they've got. I'm thoroughly confused with what I'm looking at. I'm not sure how I would go about ordering a sufficient amount of food. And what I mean by that is there seems to be a lot of snacks or there seems to be enough to feed an army. Um, right. And there's nothing problem. kind of in between. Do you get a bunch of small plates, meals, or do you order individual tacos and tostadas, That's or right. do you go for like the crazy burritos or fest- festive packs? Or oh, just I've, I've said this before on multiple shows. I am original. I'm I'm going for the original item. Most of the time when I hit fast food. But what is that at Del Taco? It's the Del Taco. I didn't know that until I said it, but I was in the line and Kelly's taking me through the menu. I look at the menu and my eyes glaze over. I'm like, oh, fuck. How am I going to piece this together? And I was like, well, I guess when it's Del Taco. And then the lady just goes, oh, you want a Del Taco? I'm like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then the question becomes, Del Taco, crunchy or soft? What was your? Crunchy for me. Crunchy for me. I am a crunchy taco guy. I, that is against the grain in, in the area of these, you know, of, of myself. And then our friends here in Vegas, uh, Brian and Jameson, of course, are not the crunchy taco guys. I don't think I'm a crunchy taco guy. I love them at Taco Bell. I grew up with Taco Bell, crunchy tacos, and I kind of like these at least as much, if not more, they douse these things in that little shredded cheese, dude. It's <laughs> wild. Oh, it was good. See, I like um, I fall somewhere in between the hard and the soft, yeah. and that's the jack jack in the box taco. That, oh God, those, those are a whole other thing, though. That's just that's <laughs> a deep fried thing with American cheese in it. Um, yeah, I got those, and then I got a. I wanted to try just because I'm a I'm a sadist or whatever, a masochist. I wanted to try the um, honey mango what, what shrimp calling, tacos al carbone, and I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll give me a shot. Me, oh. Give me a snap of that. That I, wasn't I as good. That, that was that was too that was too bad of an attempt at something authentic yeah. to uh, to be good. I I should have just stuck with the um uh <laughs> yeah. with with the hard shell shit like the gringo shit. But yep. um it was all right. Uh, it just reminded me of the time when I had to drive a pretty tipsy. Kelly and Jameson through the drive-through, and I was—I'll let you guess which one of them was just hollering at me from the back seat, <laughs> laid laid down flat in the back seat. It's—it's. It's, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sure you could take a gander at which one that was, but uh, okay. it was very funny. 
and uh, I, I have fond, I, it's, I remember it fondly. I was not mad about it. I was just, I was very scared and intimidated um, by both the menu and the, and this. And it was just, I was freaked out by the Del Taco. So, and then the other time I went to Del Taco, it was with Brian where we went in there and they, instead of us ordering, they told us the two items they had left and they said they had no hot sauce. That makes it easy. We just like, okay, we'll have a lot of those two items and I guess that's it. You know <laughs> But that um, that can mean either well, it means one thing and it could mean another thing. It means it's a shittily run restaurant and it could also be delicious and that's why they're sold out, or it can just be a really shittily run franchise from Del Taco. Which, sure, it was the one next to the South Point, so probably some of both. Um so that's my Del Taco life, but yeah, I got I got a little I got enough of a buzz on. I did not end up with a hangover. Um, because of the Del Taco and because of me pounding a shitload of water. Um, now, but, uh, it was a classic experience, and it was a good bottle share. Uh, we had some good stuff. I didn't check it all in, but uh, I, uh, I had a nice time, and there's some some good beers there. Some bangers. Now, there's a category <laughs> here, and it reminded me of how a friend of the family actually says this word, and that is the, um, the queso and nut. Nacho section. Um, she pronounces the word as questadillas. Questadillas? Mm. <laughs> Is that not the widest pr- pronunciation of a Mexican word that ever existed? I, I think it sounds like a. It sounds like something that happened in the 15th century, out here. Like, uh, oh, it was Fernando Cortez and the Questadillas. The were, Spanish Questadillas. Right. Yeah, I'll never forget that. Yeah, that's. Uh, but even in <laughs> Australia, to Questadillas, not even close. Like, I say Chipotle as a gag. Everybody uh, ch- knows Chipotle. Chipotle. Yeah. yeah. Everybody knows it's Chipotle. I can't even incorrectly pronounce it right now, but, yeah, I always go with Chipotle, but I know it's Chipotle. And, um, yeah, she has no idea she's wrong. She also thinks a large gap is a um, a chism, not a chasm, a chism. Oh, yeah, a chism. That sounds sounds, a little too nasty for me. Do you guys have Chipotle out there? We do not. we we don't have any like great Mexican chains. You get stuff that pops up in a supermarket that may have one or two franchises, but there's nothing no on Taco the fa- Bell, like not on the fast food side of things. Wow. We do have Taco Bills, but that was a restaurant chain. But it was <laughs> more it it actually was around I think before Taco Bell, and it's okay. it's more like a sit down restaurant and like there's a burrito bar. Over in sale, but it's that's like more, um, it's more American than even Dal Taco or Taco Bell. It's it's like Philly cheese burritos. It's like their main thing. Yeah. Um, Dude, I like I like Taco Bell, and I, they just they're coming out with not to go on this tangent, but they're coming out with a little chicken like fried competitor for the fried chicken sandwiches out here for the Popeyes and the McDonald's and everybody, and it's in like a little um, like a chalupa type. Uh, or not chalupa, a uh, gordita type wrap, yep. uh, tortilla type thing. 
And uh, it's got a whole like fried chicken fillet in it and little pickled jalapenos. I am and uh, some kind of spicy mayo stuff. I'm so on that. I can't wait for that thing to come out. I'm going to be all over that. Now, um, have you done sort of the challenge of, of those two main competitors when it comes to the, the chicken sandwich or as we would call them in Australia? We'd call them chicken burgers, believe it or not. Burger. Yeah, everybody calls it. Anything that comes on a burger bap is a chicken burger uh, yep. or is a burger. So uh, I have had the Popeyes. The Popeyes is fucking good, period. End of story. Don't come at me saying it's overrated. It's good. Um, it's the best fast food thing I think I've ever had, probably. Um, the most gourmet feeling, for sure. And I like In-N-Out. I'm not going to say I don't like In-N-Out, but it's um, – and Culver's. I love Culver's, of course. But the, the Popeyes chicken sandwich is the best national, av- nationally available fast food item I've ever eaten. Yeah, I think, By far. I think that's the thing with the chicken sandwich um, tussle that we've got going on, that it is actually a nationwide availability thing because you have these small pockets where five guys and in and out sort of are, but they're not everywhere. They're not ubiquitous where Popeye's yeah. really is. and it's everywhere. And I'll also point out, just to go on this fast food tangent, we've done this before. Go find Table for Eight in some fucking FTP or something episode ass or whatever. And where we talk about this and um, it's the same thing with the in and out thing. Everyone's uh, in and out's overrated in and out's overrated. It's not as good as Shake Shack. It's not as good as five guys. It's not as good as Culver's dude. Me and Kelly ate it at, at, at in and out for like $13. Uh, yep. It was, and we each got double burgers and a big pile of French fries covered in six sauces and caramelized onions or whatever. Um, you cannot do that at Five Guys. You cannot do that at Shake Shack. You're not going to be able to eat two people for under 15 bucks at those restaurants unless you're depriving yourself of something. You know what I mean? Yep. And uh, you can do all that and more. So I'm not saying In-N-Out is the best burger in history. I'm saying it's probably the best burger, double hamburger you can get for $4. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, it's I, nuts. I think that's its place in the market. I was like, as much as people rave about Five Guys, I didn't think Five Guys was that step yeah, above right. In and Out that everybody talks about, and especially for the price. If it was exactly the same price, I would, I would seriously consider which one is better. But as far as price value comparison thing, and we're not even talking huge servings. In and Out isn't known for massive servings. Just. No. Just the right size hamburger, a double hamburger, animal style, of course. Exactly, and it's just delicious, and it's solid every fucking time. It has it's good every time. Same with the Popeyes, by the way. Good every time. I've had it six times, probably at least. It's good every single time you get it. I've never had a bad one. Um, their sides or whatever. I don't know. I kind of like the red beans and rice, but I think they got rid of it. But um, I've never had a Popeyes side. Other than yeah, their Cajun fries. Cajun fries are, are delicious. The red, the red beans and rice, though, were really good. I always love those. All right, that's enough on that. And I, I will try the McDonald's one. I just have to I just have to pull the trigger on it. All the other ones stink. I don't I don't care what you say. I don't like any of the other ones. But the uh, McDonald's one looks pretty good. Uh, all right. Um, I did want – okay, so remember beer? We can talk a little bit about beer. Okay. So um, before we get into any regular segments – what was the best thing you drank this week? Remembering you've been at a bottle oh, share. Shit. Uh, we didn't even do that. Uh, honestly, the I can't. I, I it's going to be hard for me to pull out everything from the bottle share. No, don't need everything. Just need one. 
or no, just even to think of one thing, but I just want to bring up one beer I had yesterday. That okay. was really good. And it was, uh, it's the burial I got a few days ago. Not in the, not in the packing peanut nightmare, a different so, packing peanut. <laughs> yeah. The packing um, peanut nightmare from last week rather than the packing peanut. Last week, yeah. <laughs> yeah. While you look that up, and, I will t- tell you about, um, not my highest rating beer of the week. That's, that's going to be mentioned in a coming up segment, but, um, the most delicious beer because it wasn't quite as um, the price versus value thing wasn't quite as good, um, and it was Hype Boy by Bright Brewery. Bright Brewery, of course, we know for their from their saison, and this was not a saison; right. it was a double oat cream. So this thing was thick, it was hoppy, it was delicious, it was fresh. Oh, yeah. I really loved it. So that that would be my beer delicious. of the week. It's a tough battle for me. There's just there's two I want to talk about that are non-logger because we know we'll do the logger of the week seg. Uh, one is from uh, Boneyard, and this is a classic uh, West Coast style beer from Boneyard Beer in I think is in Portland called RPM IPA, and uh, I drank it at Corey's, uh, which is the bottle shop down in uh, Henderson, and I drank one sip and I said, oh, I could drink eight of these. Uh, it's, it goes down so easy. It's what? 6%, and a half percent and, uh, absolutely delicious, a fresh keg of it. I mean, I haven't had Pliny in a while. It's not as high alcohol as Pliny. Pliny is a double IPA. I haven't had blind pig in a while, for example, right? Blind pig is a beer I haven't gotten to drink in a while. Are you familiar with blind pig, Tony? Oh, I am. I, Russian I, River? Yeah. Yep. I, I am familiar with that. And yeah, I think that's, that's a damn good comparison. If, yeah, I just haven't had anything quite like that, so I, it's unfair for me to compare Blind Pig to this and say, like, RPM is better or Blind Pig's better or what. It's just, it was right in that wheelhouse of Blind Pig, Swamis, um, you know, any of the pizza port things I've had. This was so right there, um, just bright and fresh and a little bitter and dry, but still that sweet, like, juicy citrus hop flavor. Uh, it's what a grapefruit should taste like, but it never got figured out. You know? uh, it's so good. So good. Um, and the other one I want to talk about was some super pastry juice from Burial, of course. It's called a monolithic theory of a spirit never seen. And without reading the entire thing here is a 15% stout with cocoa nibs, maple syrup, vanilla bean, and lactose. And, Dude, I am not always a big cocoa in stout fan, honestly, just because I'm like, it feels duplicative to me sometimes. Um, yeah, it does. But this shit fucking tasted like hot chocolate, kind of. It was fucking nuts. Um, it was like the purest distillation of like a milk chocolate flavor that you could get into a beer. I adored it. It was maybe my favorite chocolate added stout I've had, at least in a very long time. Really Excellent. Good. I because I, I enjoy one of the first. It's a mass market beer. It's available everywhere in Australia because it's available at Dan Murphy's, and it's it's. I haven't seen it reproduced in the craft world, and this sounds like this could be an even better better version of that. And I'm sure you've had it because you've been to England. Is Young's Double Chocolate Stout? And, oh yeah, and that yeah. I always think is, is it's like 50% of the way there towards sort of that milk chocolate thing. But yeah. this sounds like it's like 
a whole nother um, stratosphere as, as far as um, that. Um, it's absolutely delicious. Um, really enjoyed it. Uh, kind of wish I had more of it, but now I have to move on to the next burial, which I think has like bananas and pecans or some shit in it. God only knows, but I'll be excited to try that too. It'd be weird. <laughs> um, and then, of course, we almost forgot. I almost forgot to do my new favorite seg where I just repeat the same three beers over and over again. Uh, it's called Griff's Lager of the Week. Uh, all right. Uh, so Griff's Lager of the Week. Oh, you gonna you got you got you got a bump for this? You got you got one? Let's see if I can come up with something. Let's try. Perfect. Yes, I love that. All right. So Griff's Lager of the Week this week. Is he gonna say Cool Ship Lager again? Is he gonna say it again? Is he gonna do the Cool Ship Lager bit? He did have it on draft this week, actually. And, and it was, really good. was it? Really, it good? was great. It was obviously yeah. Uh, but I'm actually going to say a new lager. I had a new lager. It was also really good. It's from a brewery called Browers West in the L.A. area, um, and it was called Pop Fuji. It's an unfiltered pills. Um, it's a take on the historic Keller beer, and uh, German noble hops. Has a nice little haze to it. Lovely. Wonderful. Couldn't beat it. Um, actually, I don't know. Cool Ship Lager is right in the ballpark. But this was very nice. It was just different. It wasn't as bready. It was a little brighter. Um, but it had a nice uh, – it was nicely conditioned, and it was very delicious. So, Pop Fuji, you get the Lager of the Week Award. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to join in on Griff's segment. I'm going to muscle my way in because I'm currently drinking a lager for this show. Mm. So – not normally something we consume on this show, but um, it's by our good friends. I'll give people one guess. That's right, people. It's a Deeds beer. From Deeds. Oh, my God. And let, let me see if you can guess people out there. This is a game you can play. Just shout it out when you know it. What style of beer is this? It's called The Fiery Gates of Hallis. That's correct. It's a milkshake lager. You stop. Uh, all, no. all, all, of our, all of our listeners are in jail, Tony. They all just said they all just they all just said orange juice, fermented <laughs> orange juice. No, but this is a classic, classic Hellas. It's what I want okay. in a Hellas. It's minerally, but it's not mm-hmm. over the top. Super clean, super bright, bitterness. Just that that little under what you would get on even like a a bow pills, but nowhere near as thick mouthfeel. That little bit of Extra breadiness you get from from sure. the Vienna, just spot on as far as I'm concerned. It got a five out of five for me um, because wow. lagers don't get enough love. That's very true. This beer the, from um, this Pop Fuji only has a three point seven four. The Cool Ship Lager is criminally underrated. Um, I don't even remember, but it's in the th- in the threes somewhere. Um, and got we all know Flywheel, the most underrated logger of all time, has like a three point three or some shit. So it's a goddamn shame. And speaking of Tony, um, I read an article this week that I wanted us to talk about um, for the handful of people who listen to us that care about beer. And this was an article by uh, uh, well, it's on the website Good Beer Hunting, and without 
applying my own opinions about the Good Beer Hunting website, which I have had a lot of them over the years that were never recorded on this show. Um, I just, I find pretty much everything that the, the, the guy who runs this website, I think he's a really painful read as a writer. Um, and, uh, he's very, um, overly ornate with words and he lacks conciseness. We'll say, um, he's, he's sort of a, he's sort of a, um, a, the man sleeping on the street at the, at the coffee shop version of William Faulkner, we'll say, um, just very painful, long over decorated sentences. Verbose. Verbose to the, but to the, to the point of tedium aimlessness, we'll say, um, yeah, tedium is good. So, uh, but this is by a good writer. Uh, this is from Kate Bernat, longtime writer for the red eye in Chicago and the tribune and, um, was an editor at draft magazine. And, uh, it, it has, you know, good for, good for good period hunting, good for Michael Kaiser. He was able to hire like fucking pro journalists to write for this website, which is, I mean, awesome, you know? Um, and this article is called, and you guys can look it up, it's called Tyranny of the Tickers, How Untapped Ratings Became Craft Beer's Most Fickle Prize. And I'm obviously not going to read this article to you. Um, I know most of you can't read, so I'll try to pull down the highlights. Uh, so let me see. Um, I'm, I'm going to just kind of capture one part of this that I thought was interesting because it's kind of evolves a brewery that I'm familiar with and have been to and have talked about on the show. And then Tony, I want to get your, your thoughts about this because you did read yes. um, and you can read. So, so shock to me that you were able to get through this or you had somebody read it to you. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. um, so this is a section uh, of the art. It's broken up into some little parts. This is uh, a, a portion of it called hot or not uh, my favorite website, honestly. But, uh, here we go. So examples abound of untapped scores being used to justify business decisions. Uh, Libby Kreider, co-owner of St. Louis's Second Shift Brewing, says two potential business partners have cited untapped scores as a reason not to work with Second Shift. The first was Tavor, a U.S. beer delivery app that uses untapped ratings to help decide which breweries it sells as a third-party vendor. She says the second was a boutique beer distributor. I would guess that's somebody in the realm of a Shelton Brothers type distributor. Yeah. Even though Shelton, I don't think is here around anymore. Uh, Kreider detailed that the, uh, the, that interaction in a tweet saying the distributor declined to work with second shift because the breweries on tap scores weren't within certain parameters. The only beers they want are the limited release, high-scoring beers. They don't want a relationship. They want hype, Kreider says. Kudos to the folks who do that and do it successfully. It's just not us. Second Shift's average beer rating on Untapped is 3.93, which is extremely good for a brewery's yep. overall rating. Um, so, Tony, I think this is really interesting. Second Shift, obviously, a, a brewery I greatly uh, respect. They make one of my all-time favorite beers, a beer called Katie, which I've talked about on this podcast. Yep. Kreider is a um, kind of a, a Midwestern icon, I would say, in terms of women brewery owners, female brewery owners. Um, they have beautiful cats. They make lovely beer. I absolutely agree with this, right? Or sort of the sentiment of this, I guess, right? And I know it's facts, so I, I guess I can't agree or disagree. I could. I, if I, fake news, Tony. But... 
Uh, I think this is real, and I think it's shitty, right? Um, I don't know whether it's shitty. I I just think it's a fact of doing business because it's a fact of life, right? It's <laughs> we have this rating system that sort of is has a, um, a sort of an iron grip on the uh, industry a little bit. Um, it's the per- most pervasive rating system in the beer world. Uh, these types of things exist, and and she mentions it all over in you know restaurants and fucking Amazon and product things and all kinds of shit. Right, beer is not alone in having to deal with this, but um, you know people make decisions on it. They yeah. make I make decisions on it. I'm not going to act like I'm not guilty. I look at untapped ratings to yep. help me pick beers out. Um, but I, uh, I'm not innocent, but Tony, why don't you, why don't you tell me some what, what you thought here? What would you, what'd you piece together from this? I, I was sort of reading between the lines in the fact that I didn't think the brewery actually had a problem with it. It was just pointing to a business model that Tavor is a hype shop. So they right. are going after hype things. So therefore their beers don't necessarily suit that. And so they I don't. Two beers a day. Tavor gives you two beers a day to order, right? Yeah. So if those aren't beers that are going to move, it's not like they have a shelf of beer they can put up, right? Yeah. Um, and let it sit for a while. They have two beers a day, and those beers stay up for like a week and a half, and then they vanish. Yep. And uh, we see this in another hobby I'm involved with in in record collecting. There are limited presses out there. And so, therefore, they're, they're printing the hype records. They're printing stuff that's either hard to come by out of print and they're using a very similar model to devore to devore and so they're not going to pick albums that everybody knows everybody loves they're going to pick obscure stuff but they're going to pick stuff with that are hyped up because they can get their press Mm -hmm. run of a thousand pressings done like that they know they'll sell them out it's it's the business model they operate on yet does that represent the record collecting community as a whole no that's a very small subsection of people that that want these really odd bands right. in, in many cases with special sleeves and jackets and and colored vinyls but there's a market for it so they're served by that particular market it's it was also posed in the article that untapped doesn't have a huge regular audience so therefore how can it actually be driving this many business decisions and that's the sort of dissidence that i was having in the article because they were, they were talking yeah. about what a, what a small user base they have within america and and the, even the world beer scene and right that um untapped readers were for some reason less of a, a genuine sample than those on rate beer because they weren't spending 10 minutes um, writing a, a review that that just makes no sense to me. I'm never going to write a 10 minute review about beer. Am I going to spend the five seconds? I'm, I'm spending to, 90 minutes talking about it right now, and my goddamn brain feels like it's leaking <laughs> out of my ears. So, yeah, yeah, but we're not talking about a beer and about about the subtle notes we get and about you know, each there are podcasts that do that though, Tony. That sit here for like 45 minutes, and like, <laughs> hey, what what do you guys think about celebration IPA? <laughs> And, and I think that was your worry in, in doing the show around beer, that that's what we were going to be doing. And that, right, that yeah. was never my intent, that we, we overanalyze beer to the point of, of it becoming tedium. Yeah. And so I don't know why somebody that 
spends 10 minutes writing a review is a more valued customer than somebody that right that does it quickly it it just doesn't make sense because they can both have that same sort of reaction if you spend 10 minutes writing a review and still come up with all these glowing terms about this beer and also rate it a 55 like that makes i forget what the rate beer scale is i don't know whether it's out of 100 yeah i think it's 100 yeah so what's the difference between that and saying oh i don't like malt and rating it beer one and a half stars you have dickheads in all kinds of platforms just because you have less words doesn't mean there's there's less dickheads or more dickheads i think they're representative of a portion of the beer community and it's definitely a hype beer community um certainly in the us even more so than australia but even in australia the people checking beers on untapped and not drinking carlton draft every night of the week yeah i mean so. so I guess the point that maybe was being was they were trying to make is that there is a lot of in the Venn diagram of the small group of untapped users and the relatively small community of people who are drinking craft craft beer. Oh, I fucking hate that word still, but you know what I mean. Local yeah. independent breweries. There's a large overlap. We'll say yeah. right, um, and those people that you're stuck with are using untapped to, you know, make decisions or uh, give them guidance or something because they have it on their phone. And I agree with a lot of the solutions proposed in this yeah. article, whether it was by Kate or by um, uh, uh, other industry folks, which are normalizing ratings across styles, yep. um, so on and so forth. Right. Uh, I don't, I think those things are perfectly uh, sane things to do that might help you make better decisions about the beer you pick Um, because I want more people to drink lager and lager is growing in popularity. So that's good. And I want more people to drink better beer, right? And not drink she beer that's rated high. But that said, I will tell you the problem with this. And Tony, I think you were getting at it is that no matter what you do to untapped, you are still going to be stuck with its primary users, yes. which are fucking idiot people yep. that do all the shit. They review their hammer on Amazon and they uh, write two paragraphs about it, or they give their they give a book by fucking um, Stephen Hawking two stars and say this guy doesn't know anything or whatever. You know, yep. they they just get on and say whatever because you can, yep. you know. It doesn't matter. And the fact that, listen, the fact is that this is where we're at in the world, right? Yeah. I don't want to say like this is some sort of, I, I could, I do not, I'm not well read enough to tell you that this is some sort of output of, of capitalism or something, but it no. feels like it is, right? Uh, we're stuck in, yeah, it's some maybe. kind of thing where we're, we're sort of, we have this big, open, wide open world. That lets you, and well, it's not even capitalism, right? It's just social media, right? Everybody's got a platform. Everyone gets a voice. Everyone gets input. And to be fair, Untapped is is as democratic as anything in the world is. And if you're going to have a democratic situation where everybody's rating counts for something, everyone can make a comment, then you're, you're going to get everyone's opinion. Yep. And it's all going to be right there. And if we don't want everyone's opinion, okay, you know, yeah. whatever. Tell me what the new solution is. That's we, you know, maybe we think about that, but, um, I just, I, unfortunately 
if you want to make something that's going to appeal to your audience, you're stuck with this audience. <laughs> this is the audience you got stuck with. You're stuck with us. We get the beer. I mean, don't drink beer says it all the time. We get the beer community that we deserve. Yep. You know, we will get the beers we deserve. And eventually people will get sick of them and they will pick new beers. And that's why lager is getting popular again. And West Coast IPA is getting popular again. So I think we're just, it's just going to have to figure itself out. Right. And I thought there's a nice article that describes it, but in the end I read it and I said, damn, it's almost like we didn't need 2000 words about that. Yeah. Cause it is, Uh, it is somewhat a flawed system, but the only place that this is getting people into trouble, it's not getting the consumers into trouble. We drink what we want to drink, and that's the reason why there are so many hype beers out there. We're willing to pay the money for it. This is... I got banana stout shipped to my house in 500 packing yeah, peanuts. Because you want it. You want. Yeah. <laughs> the issue is when breweries, and this is an issue for the breweries to sort out, make their business model a hype brewery. And therefore, they're they're relying on these ratings. The yes. brewery that you were talking about in Chicago with low ratings doesn't sound like it's hurting their bottom line at the end of the day. Okay, they they have a couple of business relationships that didn't go their way, but at the end of the day, they've probably got a business model that is successful for them, right. and they're not chasing the hype because that can be just as dangerous. If you're a uh, microphone exactly. on one of these places, your cost of ingredients is so high, you get a couple of beers wrong in a row, you can be out of business like that. It's, it's And people it, get mad. People yeah. will get more mad. If they buy, if people will get much more angry, and you can see it on tap, when they buy a $22 beer they don't like versus a $3 beer they don't want, <laughs> you know, people get angry about that. Yep, that's, they not, do. that's not a good feeling, you know? Yep. And, um, and, so it's really – I do agree with a couple of the solutions, normalising ratings and things like that. But to me, what it says is untapped is a segment of the beer community. I don't think it represents the whole beer community. I don't even think it's a good representation of the whole beer community. It's an interesting subsection that I'm a part of. I buy into the yep. hype. I buy trendy beers. I'm not buying repeat beers all the time, but I also get bored with drinking the same stuff all the time. Does that mean I never come back to beers? No, I come back to them quite often, but a good portion of my my disposable uh, beer money goes towards limited releases to try new things, to expand my palate. It's like people that go to restaurants and order exactly the same thing every time. That's valid for them, but not for me. Yeah. If you're going to use reviews to do something, and I guess this is just, this is going to fall on deaf ears, or it's going to fall on, this is going to be, this hits the people who... Preaching to the converted. Yeah, they like listening to us talk, I guess, I don't know, or whatever, or they hate it, which is even funnier. If that's or they true. just love my Australian uh, accent. Or they're bored. Um, actually, they, they are bored, because we've been going on forever, but um, you have to... So we talk about Yelp numbers and Google Google stars and stuff. You have to look at a few of the reviews. You just have to. Yes. Okay. Yep. When I go and I look at the review of a restaurant, if I go and look at the reviews for Boca or somewhere, and I see that why is Boca only rated a 4.1 or something on Yelp out of 5? That doesn't make any sense. Boca, very nice restaurant in Chicago, by the way, Tony, sorry. <laughs> and if I go look at that and I say, well, that's weird, and then I scroll down three reviews and I see um, 
oh, the portion size was so small. I had to stop at McDonald's on the way home or something. And I can say, aha, this is full of, this is full of this type of review. I get this, you know what I mean? And, uh, I can just sort of put that away. Right. And I have to sort of gauge it in a different way to to see what it means. Right. So if I go and look up flywheel and I see a bunch of reviews that say like too malty tastes like lager black, you know? Okay. Well, I don't care what this says all of a sudden, you know what I mean? This isn't me. This doesn't impact me, right? This doesn't affect yep. me. If it tastes like lager, that's what I want it to taste like, lager. Perfect, you know? Um, so you you just have to look at a couple. It's my advice. Look at the number, kind of wrap around your head about that. Sometimes with Hazy IPA, for example, I don't have to bother reading the reviews because I know what I'm supposed to get with a Hazy <laughs> IPA. It's a very small window of flavor profile you're supposed to hit you know and almost everybody seems to know what it is um with lager it's a little more diverse with with sours it's more diverse you know those beers have just wider ranges of things they can be and people who hate them or love them so you just have to you have to do a little bit of digging if you're going to use untapped to guide you um that's just my advice you know that's i know that's that's maybe not helpful I would just say take a gander, get into the shit a little bit, and see what they say. Um, But overall, I recommend the article, Tyranny the Tickers. It's on Good Beer Hunting. There's no paywall. Take a look. Um, You guys guys might like it. And I'll post it on the Discord. Come on our Discord. The link will be right there. You don't even have to, like, look it up or anything. Don't even need to go to our show notes. Just hop in the Discord. Perfect, yeah. You don't have to type it into Google and get distracted by your previous searches, which I'll say, like, mommy mommy and big booby mommy and stuff like that so um, um you don't use private browsing when you come to searching porn and i'm talking to our listeners here get your act together people <laughs> oh yeah all right uh so on that topic tony uh of ratings um i was inspired by by this article and and some of our early discussion about it and uh, thought I might pull out a, uh, for our game this week, might, thought I might bust out a new edition. I got to scribing. I got my pen and paper out um, to, to put together what I've made sure to point out to everyone is the hardest game to, to figure out. And this is another edition of Two Brews and a Lie. Beer. 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 That was a lie. Yeah. So this week, Tony, I have, uh, unfortunately... I could not come up with any funny beers. So instead, <laughs> I have uh, come up with some funny and confusing and um, brain-teasing, mind-twisting, untapped reviews. Okay. And this week, uh, I have three rounds of uh, two brews for you, and this week it is all untapped reviews. That I will be giving you. So in two brews and a lie, what I have for each round are three things, not beers this week, but three reviews. Two of them are real. And one of them is out of uh, the deep recesses of my giant, uh, brilliant brain that you will have. And you need to guess which one of them I made up uh, just just to trick you, to, okay. to fool you. Um, so... Uh, Round one, Tony. Uh, I think you're going to like these. I think you're going to like these themes um, because this this was the peak the peak of comic uh, punnery. We'll say here is <laughs> uh, round one. I have called 
coconut schmokonut. Okay. And uh, <laughs> here's, just, here's the reviews. Um, <laughs> right, these are, these are I, I don't know how funny these are going to come across, but they're funny to me. All right. Uh, first one comes from a fellow named Paul E. Uh, and this is for uh, a beer that I love in particular. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, Tony, but this is from Oscar Blues. Are you familiar with Oscar Blues at least? I, I am familiar. Right. They have a great pale ale. Dales, is that their pale yeah, ale? It's a wonderful pale ale, yep. And a great stout, an all-timer barrel-aged stout, 1050. Um, I've had some 1050. There you go. Oh, man. The original 1050 is great too, but the barrel-aged is so They haven't good. had the barrel-aged. So available, yeah. Uh, this beer is called Death by Coconut. Uh, Death by Coconut. Um, I have some stories about Death by Coconut. It's actually a famous, around here in Vegas, uh, it's a famous blending beer. So if you have a stout you maybe aren't totally high on or you maybe want to improve a little bit, uh, the guys around here will say, we're going to Death by it. And you put, you pop a little bit of Death by on there and it gives a little coconutty punch. <laughs> um, very funny to do. And I've actually seen a guy do it with Trumer Pills, which was an all-time thing I've ever, I've ever seen. Um Got a coconut up and trimmer pills. <laughs> that sounds so right up your alley. I might, I might try it. Uh, Paul gave this a 3.75, drank it out of a can. Kind of cool. And here's his description. He says, nice, but the coconut overpowers the chocolate slightly. Uh, <laughs> overpowers slightly. At. Yeah, a, a beer called Death by Coconut, and he thought the coconut might have overpowered the chocolate slightly. Just, slightly. Slightly. That's, that's the best bit of it. You lost. You lost the. You lost the thread of that one. If it was oh, death man. by chocolate, and then it had a little too much coconut, okay. But then even the slightly is redundant. I get that. Yes. Okay. I follow Paulie's logic there. Yeah. I don't roll. And uh, all right. So there you go. That's what. That's what Paul thought about death by coconut. Um, next up, uh, we got Darren C. Darren C. was drinking the Maui Imperial Coconut Porter, a lovely beer. I've, all, I've had all these beers, by the way, Tony. Uh, the Maui Imperial Coconut Porter from Hawaii, a lovely beer. It's won many awards, I'll note, um, and uh, it has a lovely coconut taste in my mind. Um, very tasty. He gave this a three stars on the dot, had it on draft, and says, Wow, so much coconut and very smooth for an Imperial. Why three, three stars? stars? I love it. Yeah. I, wow. I don't know. Wow. Just, yeah. Just so Darren. Like, like what's a five star? <laughs> it gives me a blowjob at the same time. I'm I'm getting drunk. What is what is a five Dude, star? Maybe I am overrating these beers actually. If I can get a blowjob while I do it, that's not bad. All right. <laughs> I don't think you can, but like how do you ever achieve five star? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh you know what? We never saw uh we never saw any beers get checked in from Thailand, for example, from some people. <laughs> so maybe you could. All right. This last one is from Jonathan K. Jonathan K. was drinking Hubbard's Cave Cocoa Van. Hubbard's Cave, a brewery in Chicago area. Pretty good. Make a lot of big sweet stouts like this. Cocoa Van. Gave this 3.75. Drank it from a can and says, a bit suntan lotion-y. Extremely sweet, lots of vanilla and toasted coconut on the nose. Definitely a dessert beer, which I would say, well, no shit, dude. It's a 13% <laughs> coconut stout, my man. I don't know. Well, you you drinking this with your 
you know, chicken palm, steak and eggs. I don't know, whatever. Uh, all right, Tony. So there's your three. You got Paul on death by coconut. You got Darren on the Maui coconut Porter and you got Jonathan on the Hubbard's cave, cocoa van, 3.75, uh, suntan lotion. So, uh, what are your, what is, which one did I make up? I've got it down to two, but if I had to um, pick between the two, which I, I do have to do, um, you will, the, yeah. the first one is screaming out. It's either between the first or the second. The third one, that's absolutely, to me, your quintessential um, untapped rating, that, that last one. <laughs> but the other two, I just like the misuse of language on the first one. If it's a genuine rating, well, well done to you, sir, with the, the second beer. But to me, the first one, I love the, the misuse of, of language and the idea of a co- something named Death by Coconut. Um, having too much coconut and not enough chocolate is an amazing call by somebody. So that, that's my winner. And it really is right in the wheelhouse of something I would say. But sadly, you are wrong. The se- I made up the second one. Um, <laughs> well done, sir. From, uh, <laughs> you uh, are incorrect. I made up the review for Maui Imperial Coconut Porter. I was worried that you'd rat me out by saying, because I wrote, wow. In the- <laughs> <laughs> but wow. That, that's also an, an untapped thing, because I was thinking when you said yeah, it's it, true, it yeah. was Maui Waui, I thought, oh, he won't make the obvious Maui Waui. And then it was started off with wow. I'm like, okay, he did. So obviously <laughs> that's that's less likely to be a fake one. But well Kelly, played, uh, sir, well played. Kelly did think this would be an insanely hard one, and I wasn't sure. I thought you might rat me out sooner uh, on all these, but I'm at least going to get take one home with me. Um, you got that one wrong. Darren Darren is a person I made up, <laughs> and uh, tough break for you. So you're 0 for 1. Let's go to round 2. Yet another, uh, another great segment we'll have here, another great uh, round. This one's called Classic My Assic. Classic. My Asic. You want to love these? These are good. Um, All right. (laughs) I just love this one has some good names in it. I got to say. And I didn't make up all the uh, three. Two of these names are real. I just want to point out that two of these names are real. Um, All right. First one is from Milis U. Milis is spelled M-E-E-L-I-S. U is his second initial. Okay. And this is for an all-time classic, Tony. We love this beer. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. We do love this beer. I I can't get enough of it. Well, actually, I can't because I haven't bought it in a while, but I would buy some if I ran into it. Um, 1.75 he gave this. <laughs> what? Uh, 1.75. And... Uh, Drank it from the bottle, uh, and just said solid, easy drinking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so thank you, Milis, for that. A great name, by the way. <laughs> All right. Next one comes from Brew M. Brew as in like a brew and uh, M. And he was drinking. Hey, the aforementioned blind pig um, from Russian River. Gave this a 3.5, drank it from the bottle. Well, I don't think he drank it from the bottle, but it 
he purchased it in a bottle. Yep, and then was poured out into a glass, I hope. Boy, I hope so. I guess we'll, we'll – I don't know. I guess I can't validate that. But he said, uh, the blind pig left us wanting more, less hoppy flavor and aroma than its brethren. So based on that, I would presume this guy was drinking – the full slate of Russian River IPAs. So I would guess that includes Pliny and yeah, uh, kind of the bigger beers that, that they make. So. so if you want Pliny, then buy fucking Pliny. Pliny is not blind pig. Blind pig is not yeah. Pliny. We don't want homogeny, do we? We don't want everything to taste exactly the fucking same. Okay, that's making me mad. That could definitely be you. I can imagine you trying to make me fucking mad. I, I've said this before, and, and maybe this is why, is the uh, you, you can't drink the 6% beer after the nine, eight, eight, 9% IPAs. That's just no, not that's, fair. That's not um, going to cut it. And the thing is you can't even um, consume them in order and then go back and retroactively rate them. You've got to rate them on face value. Yep, exactly. Because that's where it gets dicey. This, this stuff, it all makes you mad, doesn't it? It's wild. All right, so here's here's your last one. This is from Barnell F. Thank you, Barnell. Um, he was drinking Live Oak Hefeweizen, an all-time favorite of mine, too. I love all these beers. All three of these beers are lovely. Live Oak Hef, very good. Uh, probably the best American Hef. Barnell did not think so. 2.25 out of the can. I uh, said, not sure why people like this place. Everything lacks flavor. Watery banana taste. This Barnell. I think... Um, Those are your three, Tony. In the classic Miasic <laughs> round, <laughs> Elis, Brew M, and Barnell have provided their input. Which one did I make up? I think you made up the last one. I think you're channeling Brian Malika with the last one. So that's why I'm going with beer number three. And that's a great name. All the names were great, but um, that last name was a ripper. And so therefore, I think it's beer three. You're right. That was right. Um, I did make up Barnell. Um, I had to find something that would compete with Milis. because Milis was such a funny name. Um, Barnell. <laughs> <laughs> Barnell is great. So if uh, if there's any Barnells out there, give us a shout. <laughs> I want you on the show, Barnell. Uh, get on here. Get in the Discord. Um, so there you go. You're one for two. And as you know, if you don't get two of these, Tony, you have to donate $1 million to... Uh, the uh, Greyhound bus station re- reopening fund in Las Vegas. Okay. I'm happy to support that cause. It's a very worthwhile cause in, in times like these. Yeah, we need it. We need more bus stations. Um, round three is called, oh, it's a, it's a good one. It's called Hayes Malaise, Tony. <laughs> Hayes Malaise in round three. It's the Hazies. They're out. And we got three more of these shits here. Here we go. This is from uh, Aaron C. And Aaron C. was drinking a Julius from Treehouse. Um, one of the OGs uh, of that style. One of the OGs. A very good beer. I've had all three of these, too. Uh, he gave it a 3.0 out of the can. 
And he said, this is, uh, <clears throat> sorry, I'm adding words to his thing. It says, last thing I had from Treehouse was their flagship. By far the least impressive, came off thin and with very little hop flavor. Make sure to check out my next vid for a full review of my trip to Treehouse. <laughs> a bit of self-promotion in the shitty review. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so this it's Aaron C. Aaron with one A, like Aaron Baines. Aaron of course, C. the um, yeah. Australian basketball player that was actually born in New Zealand who played really well yesterday. Well, yeah, a week ago, good. yes, uh, not quite a week ago. Uh, you know what I mean, time. But he just played against Joel Embiid and, yeah, Bainesy walked all over Embiid. Like he did. Uh, so he gave this a 3.0, tough look for Julius. Um, but, uh, you know, I, mean, I think they'll get over it. Uh, all right, so Emily A is up next. Emily A was drinking a heady topper. Oh, oh we love heady topper. Ah, you never had it, but it is pretty good. Um, I, I like heady topper a lot. It's very delicious. So I'm sure I would. Uh, you would. I, uh, I hope you get to drink it like I did, which is out, straight out of the can, walking um, at 11 a.m. between the uh, uh, the Mickler General Store and my hotel in down the street in Copenhagen. Uh, that's the way to drink your heady topper. That so, sounds uh, like the way to drink it. Maybe 2024 20, that'll happen. All-time thing to do. Uh, all right, so she gave it a 3.5. It's kind of rough for Hedy Topper, uh, which I think has like a 4.5 rating overall. Uh, drink it from the can like it says. Drink the drink it from the can. And uh, she just says, it might be the OG, but not my style. <laughs> well, yeah. This is, that's the most vanilla review. Yeah. Hard to parse that. Uh all right, so there's Emily. And last we have Alan S. Alan S. was drinking The Substance by Bissell Brothers, a lovely beer um, from Portland, Maine. 3.25 from Alan uh, from the traditional uh, Substance can. This is a beer I drank maybe 30 of when I was in Portland. <laughs> I love this. Um, uh, it's really good. Um, all right, so he just says, last... Bissell Brothers Ale I had was at the brewery. This one is good. Super hoppy. Very effervescent. So he liked it. 3.25, but he did like it. Um, so that's the Hayes Malays category. We got Emily. We got, or we got, yeah, Emily, Aaron, and Alan. I think the most... Um, Malays one out of those reviews, almost bordering on tedium. You're sensing a theme here with me today. It's almost like tedium was my word of the day word, but it's not. Da, 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 da. Word of the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to say that it's Emily. I think that was so just that didn't border on tedium. That was the definition. Like I was tired. The definition of sending <laughs> me to sleep. Like, I should just read a few of those before bed and I would be out like a light. So I'm going to say that is the review that you made up. You know what sends me to sleep. I do have that ASMR, you know, skill. But uh, unfortunately, Tony, I made up Aaron's, the first one I read 
you from about Treehouse Julius. I made that one up out of my own brain um, and even threw in the bad self-promotion to check out my vid. <laughs> uh, very proud of that. Very stupid. Um, but there is a bunch of that on Untapped, which is like reviewing this for the, my next pod, um, which maybe I should start putting out there. Maybe we get some goddamn more listeners or something, huh? Um, but <laughs> this guy, <laughs> I made him up. He was very funny to me. Um, and I can see him too. I can just see, he looks like that little son of a bitch who wears a suit to eat a little Caesar's pizza. Have you ever seen that guy on YouTube? I have not. Um, so, uh, yeah, I made that one up. Poor, unfortunately, Emily A is real, which is even more depressing to think yep. about. Um, and, uh, and Alan S who is actually even worse to me because he talked about how he liked it and rated it like shit. Yep. Um, just makes no sense. That's fucked up. Don't do that. That doesn't make any sense. So, um, yeah, you went one for three, Tony. Cut the check. We're bringing back the Greyhound bus station at, at the plaza. Uh, then we can finally have everything we want there. We got that pin-up pizza place. We got um, uh, fucking Oscar Goodman's restaurant. We got uh, the newly renovated rooms that already have big cracks in the walls. Uh <laughs> Gotta love the plaza, and we all have a Greyhound bus station, so it's what we need. So in it the is. end, it all worked out. It it did. Um, I just sort of want to say that um, this is something that wasn't brought up in the article, but the amount of second-rate reviews on Untapped is the biggest problem. It is <laughs> the people that that contradict themselves when they say yes. one thing and then rate another thing. They should be taken uh, off the survey. Um, stop the count right there. Those people should not be counted. Easy drinking, the solid easy drinking 1.75 is my favorite one. Yep. From Milas, Milas with the 1.75 for the beer he kind of liked. Like, like make, up, make up your mind on your name. Is it Milos or is it Milakunas? That that weird spelling with the weird pronunciation, like yeah, this this dude doesn't know who he is, and it shows in his review. He loves it, yet it's one point seven five. Brutal, brutal. This hey, game was hard to do. I just want to point that out to the listeners. So please thank me because uh, you have to scroll through just fucking piles of shitty untapped reviews <laughs> to get to the <laughs> to get to the even shittier reviews. To get to the one that says it might be the OG, but not my style, I was just like sitting there fucking waving through my phone. <laughs> and Untapped does not help you with this either. So I am, uh, we'll talk about this next week and I'll review my experience, but I have started paying for Untapped because what? I wanted to see what I get for $5. Um, and I was like, maybe I can get something that will sort the beers by rating because I would love to find the yeah. 1.5 ratings for Hetty. Yeah, I would kill to look at the one point, but you can't sort it. You can't even after you pay for it. You can't like look at the the. You can't drill down. So they have the line chart with like the different counts to the different ratings at different places, um, and you can't drill down into it. You can't like click on the little block that pops up and says there are sixty eight one and a half ratings for Heady Topper. I was like, well, who the fuck are those people? Let me see them. <laughs> You can't. They won't let you look in there. It's almost like they're afraid the brewers are going to go in there and start fucking with them or something. <laughs> Maybe that's the worry, but uh, I think they deserve it, honestly. Um, okay, that's it. 
I'm done talking about untapped for now, but I will talk next week about my, how much I'm enjoying being able to rate beers by the 10th or something. Um, or whatever I'm getting to do for, for $5. So get excited for that. Uh, as, as a now official <laughs> supporter of untapped, which is a wild thing to, to think about doing. I'm paying almost as much for this as I pay for Netflix, where I get an endless amount of content. And this, I get like some assholes review of Pliny the Elder or something. Um, all right, Tony, I think we should wrap this thing up. Let me should. tell the folks where they can find us. Uh, number one place to do that is on Instagram. We're Beer Engine Pod on Instagram. Uh, you can peep out some of my uh, unboxing. You can look at, uh, hey, funny pictures I post when we put up new shows, all kinds of crap like that. Uh, another way to do it that I think would be good is to get on our Discord. Do you want to get closer to us? You want to be our best friend? I need one. Uh, you can get on our Discord. Uh, just ping us on, on Instagram or Twitter. I actually had a um, gentleman reach out to me on Twitter today, and, and we got him into the Discord, which was great. Yep. And uh, we're, we're on email. Uh, and if you want to email us, we're at beerengineshow uh, at gmail.com. And you can, uh, you know, let us know. Ask us, you know, Socratic questions about the world or, uh, you know, scientific questions that we may be able to figure out uh, or questions about things that happen in Las Vegas. We would love to hear it. Um, you know, just drop us a note. Uh, we are on Twitter. You can hit us up. We're Beer Engine Pod on Twitter. And uh, get us on Untapped. I'm Griff AD. Tony is St. Moss. I am indeed. In. What's that? I was just going to say that that is my name on Untapped, and I will be checking yes, in a lot more beers this over the next week, week and a half. I've got some stuff from Bright. Yeah. I've got some stuff from Deeds. Tony's, the beer Tony's drought going through is over. Through this weekend, baby. Yeah, he's getting wasted. Um, and you can see what I was drinking at the bottle share because I don't goddamn remember. Um, so whatever it was, some bottle logic. Uh, I think I had fundamental forces. So that was good. Uh, had a lot of vanilla in it. Uh, otherwise, I, I know I had extra double benthic, and I think I had Pesta Fermier. Pesta Fermier was lovely from Side Project. What a, what a lovely beer. So that's it tony any uh parting words um for the for the folks out there to quote street fighter can't beat that all right see you guys next week peace